What's up, brother? Sorry I'm late, man. Oh, no, trust me. It's all good, man. I know things happen. There was a time difference, but I think we're an hour behind. Is that what it is? Yeah, you on the East Coast, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm in Connecticut, the tri-state area. Okay, yeah, I'm in Oklahoma. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's interesting. You're out there in Oklahoma. If you think about it, Connecticut's kind of like the Oklahoma around New York and New Jersey because you're around <laughs> yeah. Texas and Atlanta all the way down there, down south. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, we we like to. I mean, like, yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely south, but I think it's considered like Midwest. But yeah, yeah, the Midwest out there, and it just you know, congratulations on this AMEP. I really enjoyed listening to it, and every project that you've released thus far in your career, all the way from Juneteenth, has been just been a major impact project yeah, that, you, that you've sure. released. Yeah, because it's it's important what you speak about uh, being the the hip hop artist that you are and shedding light on issues that people face in this country, especially African-Americans. How are you feeling about this new EPM, though? What are your feelings on it and um, the traction that it's been getting? Man, it's been really good. You know, um, it was, I've been, I worked on it for a while, um, like in the middle of a lot of stuff we had going on here. Like, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Julius Jones, but, um, you know, that was my homeboy. He's, he was on death row and he just got his sentence commuted in November, last November with that. And then, um, uh just other things i was opening up a restaurant like it was just a lot pizza going restaurant on. yeah pizza joint and so um so then you know then you know recording and so uh man really it, it was you know i'm glad it finally i finally got to put it out but um yeah it, i i love it a lot it was the, the the production you know helped it put me in the pocket uh i got to you know put some of my homies on it you know what i'm saying and I, I have fun with it, man. And so I'm just excited. You know, it's kind of a, it's dope because it's, it's like, a, um, it's just the first part of like, you know what I'm saying? A whole project I'm doing. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, what people think of the next one that comes out in October. I saw that. I already peeped it. I is going to be coming out in October. Is this going to be a three-parter or a four-parter? Because if it's going to be the one word or the one words in each project is leading up to the overall phrase. Yeah, so it's it's gonna be four all together. So the first one, uh, Am is produced by my homie Derek Miner, and then I uh is produced by Blue. Um, and then Good is produced by Conductor Williams. Uh he does like a lot of uh Griselda and West Side Gun stuff, and then um and then the last one, uh Enough is produced by Havoc. So I mean I got some, you know, from from this like having a, a, a EP produced by Havoc, uh, Legendary. it's crazy to me. You know what I'm saying? And I got those features throughout the whole thing. You know, um, you know, I got Merce on, on one of the EPs. I got Shay Noir. I got Boldy James. I got Mr. Fab. Uh, so it's, I'm just, I'm excited, man. It's, it's, it's been really cool to do. And, um, yeah. So the, the, oh, the full phrase is, am I good enough? And, um, you know, and then at and then when the last one comes out, you know, we'll we'll um it'll be a, a box set, a vinyl box set for all four. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's an important message that you're sending here in your music, but I guess when we connect it till there's money made, there's so many variations yeah. that we can really depict that line in when we look at that line because is it representing that once you make it and you have some sort of wealth in, in your background and you made it in the career and you're in the public eye that you're not respected by the, the 1% and the wealthy, you're not viewed as an equal unless you have money. Is that what that line pertains to? Um, 
you know, to be honest, it was, uh, it was, uh, I wish it did mean that cause that that's hard, <laughs> but it was more, it was more personal because a lot of people will say like, you know, if, if, um, if you my if if you know if you my homie or we people you know we connected then then like we then I should be getting money like you you know what I'm saying and you know I feel like that's a that's a lot of that's like a lot of pressure to put on somebody especially if we both come from nothing you know what I'm saying um because then you should know like hey we probably not getting money like that and and if we was you know what I'm saying you would have some too but b it's like it's like, uh, why, why do, why do, why do I have to give you money in order for you to be my people? You know what I'm saying? And you know, there's way, there's definitely ways to get money together. You know what I'm saying? But to just be, I, I think there's a, there's a, um, there's a, a like a bad narrative out there where like, you know, uh, there's an obligation to, to like, you know, just be giving away your money. You know what I'm saying? You know, and I got kids and stuff. I'm like, nah, like, but, you know, I have had homies, you know, uh, look out for me. So I look out for my homies, you know, whenever I can. But, you know, I don't think that uh, I think we should all if I'm a man, I should be able to stand on my own two feet without somebody else at some point in my life. So, yeah, I can help lift you up. But at some point, you got to be able to 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 rock on your own, too. You know what I'm saying? And so that's what I when I wrote that. So I was like, man, I, you know, I guess we ain't connected to this money made like. You know, I thought I thought we was thought we was good, but you know, until I can make you money, then we not good. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Two time Emmy Award winner here. One with a commercial here, and for Skywriters. Yeah, um, yeah. So Sky, I think I did Skywriters, and I did the um, I did the um, a science museum commercial. They got an Emmy, so yeah. That you know, like um, yeah. I don't know. That's. You know, it's it's crazy because like, you know, people don't associate Emmys with music, you know what I mean? But um, you know, like writing and recording the music and performing the music and the commercial is how I got them. So it's sometimes better to be greater than music at the same time and you prove to just go further and beyond that with having two Emmys and eventually you yeah. get that Grammy and I mean the Grammys yeah. are not too fond of giving their real hip-hop acts a Grammy. Yeah. I mean it took Nas 20 years to get one. I mean Man, that's that's crazy, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, and the you know, and I I look at hip hop now, and it's like, and I even the even I think the the album of the year um nominees came out, or I seen something that looked like it, um, just like overall albums, and it's just like there's really not there's really not a space for you know hip hop, you know what I mean? Like they don't like even though hip hop is the the most the biggest genre in every single every single genre, you know, uses elements of hip hop, you know, uh, it's like people still only take it as serious. You know what I'm saying? Don't really take it as serious as other genres. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It's definitely difficult, especially when you're emceeing this game, because there's some things that are going on behind the the scenes here for radio play that you, we we all know this when we're in this field, that real hip hop artists don't get the attention and airplay that they're deserved. And that's the root of hip hop. Everyone plays trap and all this other stuff on the radio. It started from all the way from lyricism. Yeah. And if, I mean, like, you know, if you think about it, like, Let's say, let's say like, 
ninety nineteen ninety seven, ninety eight, you know, um, you know, you had you had even even the 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 uh the style of hip hop that was like considered like you know pop or um or mainstream you know just mainstream rap or whatever even even those rappers had elements of lyricism in it right and that was the song that was the music that played on the radio you know what i'm saying like you would you would turn on the radio you would hear the the all of them you know what i'm saying not just the same 11 songs by the same you know, seven or eight people all the time, you know, all the, all the rappers sound different. Like I, if you go like, let's just say DMX and pun, that was the yeah, 98 era. Yeah. Not DMX pun, Jay-Z Nas, you know, the biggest, ne- biggest names in rap. None of them sound the same. You no. know what I'm saying? You know, uh, but I just, I, you know, you look at it now and it's like, um, if you don't, if you don't, you know, sound like that, then you're not, you know what I'm saying? You're not really gonna get the play. You're not really gonna gonna um, get the push that everybody else gets. But you know, I think that there's something to say about about you know rappers who actually rap, who actually you know um, know how to rap. You could kind of tell, you know, the the longevity um, that those rappers have and the and the uh, the range they have. You know what I mean? So a lot of those, you know, just if you think about all those, you know. Think about like the ringtone era, the snap era, all them people. We can't think of their names no more. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think there's a lot of that, you know, that still happens today that, you know, it it won't be around. Do you think it's difficult to be an activist, especially when you're a hip hop artist? And it pertains all the way back to Tupac, because when you look at Brenda's Got a Baby and to Tupacalypse now, yeah. after that album, Tupac kind of changed up his matches. Me against the world was probably like the last time that we yeah. heard Pac really speak on some real world issues. But then when mm-hmm. All Eyes on Me hit, it was a different side of Pac, which was the Death Row Pac. And he signed the Shook Knight and he kind of turned to the streets and got more gritty with his music. Yeah. But he but then he came back with Machiavelli. The That's last right. Week. And was about to get another restart to his career yeah. when he was starting yeah. from the beginning. You know, I think that, um, I think that, you know, Yes, sometimes because it, it can get in the way of uh, your music, you know, like, for instance, you know, whenever this Julius Jones stuff was going on, I was at the state capitol every day. I was sleeping overnight in front of the governor's mansion. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, every day was organizing. Every day was protesting. Every day was rallying. You know what I'm saying? There really there really wasn't much room for music. Um, So, um, so. You know, in that instance, yes, but I think that it's there's it's, there's still an importance to it to doing both because you know you still have a platform and a message to to speak, and then you have you know these rappers. I see it here where I'm from all the time, where it's like you never see them, you never see them at a protest, you never see them organizing, you never see them you know in the community doing anything like that, but. If you, but then when you do see them, it's just in a music video. You know what I'm saying? It's like how you you can you you can put together a march for your music video, but you can't show up to a real one. You know what I'm saying? You know, so um, you know, I think because of that, you know, it's it's very important that those who who are really you know organizing, who are really you know out here, uh, are able to do both because you know you can't 
like that voice is so vital, so vital and so important, especially, you know, um, when, when we're dealing with some of the things that we're dealing with, you know what I mean? Um, you know, our, our, uh, state is executing a man tomorrow, you know what I'm saying? Um, so it's, yeah, it's wild. So, but yeah, I mean, and I think some of this just, man, it's, it's just like, you ref, like, you just, you didn't got to do a rap. It's just like, even if I wasn't rapping, this stuff is important. You know what I mean? This was something that was graining you early on because you always felt as though you had to serve. If you care about the community, you better go out there and whether it's a food donation, a clothing everything. drive, you were always out there. Everything, man, everything. You know, I would like you know, I wasn't somebody who who even um grew up with a lot of stuff. Like we were poor, homeless at times, but um but I remember what it was like to stand in line for free food. I remember what it was what it was like, you know what I'm saying, you know, for my mom to be scrubbing floors and stuff like that. I remember what it was. I remember all that stuff. I remember what it was like for mom had to pawn her jewelry so that we could have, um, you know, our lights on. You know what I'm saying? Um, not having food in the house, not having a Christmas, you know. Uh, so because of that, like, you know, I think it's important, you know, for for us whenever we we reach a certain point in our life because we've we've lived you know, so long taken and taken and taken, not like taken in a bad way, but, you know, just every day, like, you know, we are, we are consuming, you know, what the world has to offer us, right? We're taking what, you know, what the world has. It's time for us to give back to the world. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, so yeah, like it's, I just think it's important, man. I think that, you know, that's something that, you know, as, as a human, as a, Somebody who's just out here living and breathing, that's an obligation for me. And you led a 131-mile march. Now, I didn't know 131 miles would take four days <laughs> whenever we planned it. But, um, but yeah, and that was the point, you know, for, you know, for, for a person's, you know, to save a person's life. And I knew that, I knew that, you know, none of us are, you know, um, even though she helped, you know what I'm saying? You know, and, uh, she, she helped, you know, um, you know, get the word out about Julius, but none of us are Kim Kardashian. None of us are these big famous people who all we got to do is tweet something and, and everybody else is like, is on board with the cause. Right. So I wanted to do something that I knew could raise awareness, um, in a way that people would go, well, dang, if these people are willing to sacrifice this, then this must be really important, you know? And so, uh, five of us, we walked from Oklahoma city to the, to the, um, Oklahoma state penitentiary in McAllister, Oklahoma. Making a major impact with that and just inspiring others. Have you had the chance before Nipsey hustle passed? Did you get a chance to meet with Nipsey hustle? No, I didn't. Um, uh, not like meet with him. Um, um, I'm trying to think. I've seen him once or twice, but no, nah, I never really got to chop it up with him like that. We ha- we have sim- we had similar homies, you know what I'm saying? Like mutual friends that um, you know, eventually we talked, you know, we were trying to like link something up. I was supposed to, I was trying to have him here um in OKC at one point. And then in, in 2016, uh on my birthday, one of my homies threw a threw a birthday event and we had it the same night and they brought in it. And so, uh, and their, their joint was kind of, you know, kind of dead and my joint was popping, you know, and said it was going to bring Nip to my joint, but he didn't end up coming. But, um, but yeah, you know, I, I really didn't, but I, I will say that, um, you know, uh, 
it's dope to to see somebody have that type of impact, not just on this community, but on the world. You know, there are people who never heard of his name, but could t- but never heard of him before he passed away, but could tell you everything about him now. You know what I'm saying? So that's huge, you know, and that's that's one thing I, is very important is that whenever um, whenever you do leave this earth, you know, you don't want somebody to be like, oh, he was a good rapper or he could he show could dress or, you know, he got a lot of women. You, know what I'm you want them to say, man, that dude changed my life. You know what I'm saying? That dude, that person really helped me. Those are those are the things that you want people to say about you. So um, I think that he's a he's a really good example of that. Dave East as well. He's been following his footsteps. He was a close friend of Nipsey Hustle. He just yeah. opened up his own store in Harlem, the deli. Oh, though I didn't know that, but yeah, I've I've definitely chopped it up with Dave East and done some stuff with him here. But yeah, Dave Dave East is another one for sure, for sure, for sure. I didn't know that though by by the story. I go check it out. Yeah, he's he's doing great things, such as yourself with the Pista Restaurant in your own yeah. community, and that's that's such an accomplishment for yourself growing up in your community and to say that, man, I, I put a pizza place in for the people of the community. Yeah, and that's the thing. So what happened was in 2018, um, this there was a grocery store here that got shut down and it was the only grocery store store within probably like, you know, 10 miles from in this neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? And uh, a lot of old people would walk there. You know what I'm saying? And it was, and keep in mind, like the people who owned it, they didn't really do a good job of like keeping up, keeping it up. But um, people always call our, our community like a food, a food desert, but really, you know, it's a food apartheid with me, which means that this is something that, that was created by men, you know what I'm saying? Like this, like not having resources and food and things like that. God didn't create that. A food desert is got is a God creation. You know what I'm saying? This isn't that. This was intentional, right? And so when the store store closed, and then 2019 it closed down, um, and they not closed down, they tore it down. You know, um, you know, I was like, man, because I, I, I already had um, the the space. And I was I was still trying to figure out what to do with it. And like, you know, like most people, I was like, I'm gonna put a store, I'm gonna put a um, you know, we're gonna have shows in there, it's gonna be, you know what I'm saying, adults probably people to kick it. But then when we didn't have food, I was like, man, I gotta do a restaurant, you know what I'm saying? Which, you know, putting the restaurant costs way more money than putting in the store, you know what I'm saying? Um, and it's harder to do, you know. Uh, and so the only food experience I had was in high school, I worked at Pizza Hut, you know what I'm saying? So um that's what we went with was a, was a pizza restaurant. And, um, you know, when you walk in, you know, it's, it, it looks like the community, you know what I'm saying? Like one of my homegirls I grew up with is the GM. My sister's one of the managers, you know what I'm saying? We hired kids from the neighborhood, you know what I mean? Like all the little homies work there, you know? Um, and when people come in and they ain't got nothing. We, we hook them up and take care of them. Uh, on Saturday, we're doing a backpack and uh school supply giveaway, we partner with uh, the schools in the in the neighborhood um, and raise money for them for the band uniforms and stuff like that. So, um, you know, always just figuring out and even the, all the homies who got football teams and and, you know, all that we raise, we help raise money for all that. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's just about, you know, um, figuring out ways to contribute, you know, to the community. You know what I mean? And it's it's been it's been great, man. It's been dope to see and see like the community take ownership. You know what I mean? from being an activist we look at 
iconic photos when we look back at histories, especially black history, Malcolm X, when he's peeping out the blinds and he's holding the rifle. Did that photo hit differently once you really started to take on the activism and you're doing work for the communities? And we know that there's criticisms that come in through, especially social media with the DMs. Did that photo hit differently and have a different meaning to you once you saw it and you became an activist of your own right? Um, You know, growing up, we had that picture in our house, you know what I'm saying? But you know, yeah, it definitely hit different, you know, um, and just like, for instance, you know, um, especially after the 2020 stuff with George Floyd and we really got busy out here, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, protesting and, you know, uh, opposing the police and, and we had, you know, we had after George Floyd, I think we had three or four different, you know, uh, police murders, you know what I'm saying? They shot, they shot this homeless man. He wasn't even homeless. But he just wanted people to be on the street a lot, you know what I'm saying, selling stuff. But they shot him in the back. They shot this 15-year-old kid like like 17 times, you know. Um, and then just, you know, being somebody who speaks out. I still have to say, you know, we've had we've had encounters where, you know, you had we had people lining up in front of our protests with with uh with ARs, you know what I'm saying? Whenever we walked to McAllister, we were followed, you know what I'm saying? Like I never like as a as a um in my early when I was like young, like 19, 20, you know, um, you know, I kind of uh I kind of tampered with carrying a gun, you know what I'm saying? Just cause, you know, um of different situations, you know. But then I I, I was like, man, I don't want to have that energy around me, you know what I'm saying? And so I never carried a gun. But now, you know, uh I have to, you know what I'm saying? Just because like it, there's so that I've received so many death threats, like, you know, people I could just, you know, I've had issues. I've gotten into it at the um at different um, you know, meetings like county meetings, you know, uh in the courthouse and things like that. And, you know, people want to, you know what I'm saying, people saying what they would do if they see me, you know what I'm saying? Um, and so because of that, and you know. I ride around with my kids, you know what I mean? Like, like because of that, you know, I definitely, you know, have started because it, you just don't, we don't. And, and here it's open carry. So, you know, and I'm black. So if I get shot by one of these people, you know, they, all they got to do is say they, they fear for their life. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Especially I've read the work that you've done with and working with the police. What do you think is the common ground that we can meet with, the police out here, especially just to meet common grounds and easing the tension, especially in the communities. Because when you look at it, do you think it comes from an education factor and how these police are raised? Do do we need to have some sort of test before the police make the academy? Because there's these theories that go around when you hear the stories that the KKK has infiltrated the police. What are your thoughts on that? On everything? You know, I think, so I don't have, I don't have, you know, it's, it's, the the police has been the police is you know militarized right and any any time you know the police show up they always escalate the problem instead of de-escalating they're they're should they're supposed to be de-escalating, de-escalating. yeah but they actually escalate it's rare that you see the police have an encounter where they actually de-escalate a situation right so I think because of that, like, for instance, I live in a I live in a, a black neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Um, this is the east side. You know, it's been uh, it's, it's been black since, you know, since the beginning. Right. 
Um, but, you know, even though there are police officers that are on the force who are from this neighborhood, even though there are police officers on the force that have families in these neighborhoods, right, and know the people in these neighborhoods, guess who they send to patrol these neighborhoods? People who grew up in, you know, these rural, you know what I'm saying? People who know who aren't even from here, you know what I'm saying? So I think that's the first thing is, for instance, the the the, the man who got killed, um, everybody in the community knew him, right? Even, you know, so just think if that police officer who shot him was from the community, he'd have been like, oh, no, that's just, that's just, you know, Benny, like, you know, he's harmless, you know what I'm saying? You know, and would have been able to, to, to deal with the situation better, but to, he wasn't from the community, so he don't know Benny, you know what I mean? And so I think that there is, there is some, um, there's definitely some of those things that need to change. Like one night, one night, uh, something happened in my street, um, up the street, uh, the little convenience store, something happened. And so the police will come driving down the street, right? And it's nighttime. And they'll they'll just park in front of your house with their lights going while they sitting out in front, sitting out talking to each other, right? Well, as a kid, you know, I grew up, I grew up in the hood, and that was traumatizing. As a kid, if I'm sitting in my house, you know, and I'm laying in bed and I just see red and blue lights outside, you know what I mean? But but because they don't, they aren't from this community. They don't they don't care about the kids in the community. They can sit out in front of the house and let but if, if they in their neighborhood, what are they gonna do? They're gonna be like, oh, this, you know, this is Amy's house right here. I'm sure her kids are in bed. Let me go ahead and turn my lights off and let's go up the street and talk. You know what I'm saying? Because they, they're from that community and they care. You know what I mean? But but here, you know, it's not it's not like that. So I think that's one of the first things they need to change is they need to do a better job at um you know, where they place these police officers in the people's community. Um, also, when it comes to, um, you know, training and all that stuff, I I got zero tolerance for, you know, um, you know, just pulling your gun out. You know what I mean? Just because like, you know, um, there's the, anybody who gets approached, approached by the police, especially black people, you know, um, there's, there's all the, the, like, we already know what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't got to do nothing and we feel like we did something. Right. And so, um, so that right there causes, you know, people to react in a certain way. And so we need to be trained on how to, how to, they, not we, they need to be trained on how to, on how to deal with, you know, deal with that, deal with, understand what their presence does to a person. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but man, there's, I mean, there's so many things and, you know, I, but I, when it comes to, you know, police encountering black people, I have zero tolerance when it comes to police and, you know, encountering people, period. I, you know, like the kid who got shot was 15. He was a little, little, little Hispanic and white kid. You know what I'm saying? They lit him up. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's him by, it's him. And then like, you know, uh, 16, 17 officers, you know what I'm saying? You know, uh, and it's just, you know, their their first reaction is always to just shoot. You know what I mean? And um, and that's dangerous, man. That's dangerous. You know, you think about the idea of protect and serve, right? If that's what we live by, right? If if that's you know still the mission, um, well, it's it's if I'm seeing a person, we go, like if I have a child, right? 
regardless of if I, I have children, but regardless of what my child does, even if when even when they mess up, because I have love for them, you know what I'm saying? I'm still going to protect them and make sure they're okay. You know what I mean? That that should be like the the um the essence of their jobs is to actually like care about these people and not just see them as suspects, not just see them as black males, not just see them as white males, not you know what I'm saying, not just see them as Hispanic males or whatever, however they however they profile people. And I think because because we have because you're allowed to profile people, then you're you're even if you've never seen me before, whenever you see me, you're going to act like you see me before because I'm just a black male. You know what I'm saying? And so the other black males I encounter, you know, this might have happened or that might have happened. So, you know, every I'm, I'm seeing another black male. I don't see before you're a black male. You know what I mean? I'm not JP to them. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, but yeah, the policing issue is 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 dangerous, and um, you know I'm I'm often having uh, meetings with uh, you know different different police groups and different um, you know and and the chief you know here he knows me well, and you know he knows that you know I'm I'm very very critical of them, um, and uh, and I speak up you know what I'm saying, but I think um, the only the I think my my next thing here in my city is, is just, you know, not even like be, not even deal with the police, but try to deal with the community. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, because the police only come after something's happened, you know what I mean? They're, you know, they're reactionary. Once something happens, then they come. What I want to do is, is start to intervene so that they don't even have to show up. You know what I mean? And get in these streets with the kid, with these kids and, um, and prevent, Anything, all these things that cause people to get locked up, cause the police to show up from happening. I wanted to bring up an, an important point to this because we look at certain people that are out there, like Herschel Walker, Candace yeah. Owens. What are your thoughts on the the people that are black and are on the other side that are just not for the values of of the people of this country? And is it does it is it goes does it go back to the fact in which we can relate it to your line? And connect them with making money. Does yeah, it all depend a, if they make money, they feel as though they're accepted. Yeah, there's a there's a man here in Oklahoma. Uh, his name his name is T W Shannon. I think he just ran for his Senate. He lost. He's a black dude, and he says he says all the things that you know say the Candace Owens, all these people who are black say, um, you know that go against that, that harm their own people. Right. Uh, but I think, I think even more than, you know, placing a dollar or placing a value on, you know, what they get out of being like that. I think it's, it's, it's more so um, the, the acceptance, you know what I'm saying, of the white majority. You know what I mean? That's more valuable than anything. And, you know, like he lost he lost to this white man. But um, you know, the thing is, is he something in him thought that they would prefer him. You know what I'm saying? Was this sitting in front of my house? <laughs> but uh there's something in him that thought that made him think that they would prefer him before somebody of that like their own, you know what I mean? 
And so um, I think there's something that they get from that acceptance. You know what I mean? There, there's value in that acceptance um, to the point to where they get there's a disconnect, you know, um, you know, of their own people. You know what I'm saying? Or not just their own people, but people who struggle, people who actually, you know, um, these things are harming, you know what I mean? And it's not just black people, it's a lot of people, you know, but, you know, if you're, I can only speak for, you know, me, cause I'm black, you know what I mean? Um, but a lot of these things, you know, are harming, harming us, you know what I mean? And, um, and to, it's crazy because, you know, he has black kids, you know what I mean? And I can't imagine raising a black son and not preparing him for what the world has to offer, you know what I mean? And setting him up for failure, you know what I mean? Because that's what he's doing. It's as if they live in their own reality in a way. Yeah, yeah. And it's dangerous, man. It's dangerous because they get propped up by these people to speak for all people. You know what I mean? Oh, man, I'm like, who is that sitting in front of my house? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing an interview right now, too. I'm good. How you doing? Good to see you, brother. Love you. All right. Everything's good? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> His windows was tinted, and I'm just sitting, he just sitting there, I'm sitting here. So I just kept talking. So I'm like, man, he, he, gonna, he gonna say something or what? He wrote oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I knew who it was, though. Uh, Chuck D, it was huge when he said that your music could change the world. When did you establish a bond relationship with Chuck D? Um, I met Chuck D probably like 2014, 15. Um, and he's just been down for me, man. It's so crazy. It's been down for me. And the crazy thing is all of that happened at a time where I was like, just really not feeling like I belonged in rap. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, feeling like I should be, you know, sitting down working at a desk or something like that or trying to go back to school you know and like my music wasn't being heard and it wasn't reaching anybody then that happened you know what i'm saying and um you know he's he's just been a champion of my music and you know always gone out of his way to like show me love and help me in any way he can you know what i mean so it's it's been huge man but yeah it's, it's i think about two, 2014 Havoc, you mentioned it before, you got the upcoming project with him. He's producing the entire thing. He, yeah. As soon as you met him, he was someone that supported you right away. He was sending you beats. He was just keeping sending you beats right early yeah. on out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, still sending me beats, you know. Um, we met through a mutual friend and just became cool. And, um, you know, he was like, what's your number? And, you know, and then like the next day he was check these out, texting me. And I'm thinking, you know, am I just checking these out? Or is these mine? He was like, no, nah, them is yours, man. Let me know if you need some more. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, and so I, my, I was telling, telling my, my homie that, you know, our, is our mutual friend. I was like, like, you know, he just sent me these beats. And he was like, she was like, tell him to if he'll do a project with you. And so I was like, can we just do like, you know, a whole project? He was like, yeah, let's do it. And so, yeah, he's been super cool, man. We got to hang out when I got to New York. Uh, we did a photo shoot. Um, I, he'll, I'm going to have him come out here um, a little bit closer to whenever that project drops, the last one, to shoot a video and probably do like a release party with him and stuff like that. I want to touch on the Academy of Contemporary Music because this is where you teach hip-hop studies. Yeah. Can't Stop, Won't Stop. You wrote your own text around it about fashion, yeah. 
politics, the music. Yeah, how did you know that? That's crazy. <laughs> I did my research on you. Trust me. Yeah. I, I think it's amazing because I think because I, I speak about it all day because I'm such a huge fan of hip hop. And especially when you go back to the golden age. And when I look at my own generation being 23 and they're so disconnected when they're listening to Migos and all these new hip hop artists. And they, I don't even think they really understand the true essence of hip hop. So I think it's important to teach the youth because you help fill that void. And I feel as though that there was that lacking from the older people from hip hop that just didn't pass it on and weren't there to teach their kids about what came before them and why they're so hesitant to go back and learn what came from in the past. Yeah, you know, one of, one of the first things I ask, like on the first day of class, I'll say, you know, name your top five hip hop albums and your top five, you know, rappers, your top five MCs, like, you know what I'm saying? And I mean, you'll, you'll be surprised. I've gotten, I've gotten people say their, their favorite hip hop out, hip hop album was the weekends album. I'm like, it's crazy, you know? So, um, so what we, what I get to do is, is we just break it down. You know, we, we, of course, we, uh, our text is over the history of hip hop, you know what I mean? But throughout the class, because, um, we have, a uh, almost three hour class. What we what will do is, is we'll do the text. We'll, we'll read through the text, the, the history of hip hop. And then we'll, we'll do a different, uh, a different topic on at the other half. And we'll, we'll do, you know, women in hip hop. We'll do, uh, fashion and hip hop. We'll talk about, you know, the elements, breakdance and graffiti. Who started it? When, when did it begin? And, um, you know, religion and hip hop. And we'll break down lyrics. We'll break down albums. We'll compare, you know, the different eras. Um, you know, we'll compare groups. Like it's, it's just, it's so much fun. And, you know, you have, you know, you have, you have some kids who in there who are like, cause it's a music school. So, um most of the kids in there are either trying to be producers or managers or um you know things like that um but you know they they only know you know what they know now you know what i'm saying and you might have some who might surprise you and be like their favorite album is mad villain you know what i'm saying uh but for MF the most Doom. part yeah but for the most part you know it's wild they would have you know favorite favorite uh hip-hop album was you know post malone's you know he, <laughs> uh, beer bongs and bentley's <laughs> yeah it's like you know i've never heard him rap one time you know what i'm saying oh. so but but you know i also get to expose them and i always tell them like this isn't about this is this class and it isn't about me making you like what i like or um just trying to make you a a, a hip-hop head you know all, all I want to do is expand what you already know. You hear me? So you can, because the, because if, if this kid is the average listener, then I'm, then I'm, you know, their lens is only so wide. Like me, you know, it would be like asking me about country music, right? You know, you might ask me who's my favorite country artist. I'm like, I don't know, but I can name, I could tell you who, you know, I'm saying a song by this person, but I'm not, Definitely don't ask me, you know what I'm saying? I, I couldn't give you a legit answer because I'm just the average listener, you know what I'm saying? But when it comes to hip hop, these are the things I know, you know what I'm saying? Chances are, you know, if I try hard enough, I could name, you know, 5,000 rappers if I try hard enough, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, so just helping them to, 
just see like one how hip hop um what influenced hip hop and what hip hop influences you know what i'm saying and just help them apply that to whatever area they want to go in absolutely what you're doing out there is great for the hip hop community and it's giving back and it's giving the youth exposure like you said expanding their knowledge well at the end of these courses do any of your students ever say man what you taught me is better than the hip hop that's <laughs> come oh, yeah. out today man it's so crazy because um i'll always whenever whenever i get there Whenever I get their list and their favorites, then I'll I'll give them mine too, you know. And so then we'll talk about them. We'll pick, you know, two of mine, you know, a couple of theirs, and we'll go through them. You know what I mean? So yeah, they definitely, you know, get some real real life exposure. And then also, you know, um, I get the opportunity, you know, like with Zoom, to let them talk to some people. Like you know, I'm gonna have havoc on this semester. They can talk when we talk about production. Uh, we talked about West Coast hip hop. And I had uh, Merce and Glasses Malone talk to him. You know what I mean? Uh, we talked about, um, you know, female rappers. Um, I had Reverie on. And I think, who else did I have? Um, uh, I think I had Sarat. You know what I'm saying? So Sarat talked to him. And then this semester, I'm going to have Shay Noir talk to him. You know what I mean? So there's just always, um, you know, uh, and there's always like, an opportunity to like expand what they already know and what they have. And then the things, you know, that I don't know, like I can reach out to some of my friends in the industry and go, I got this class, you know, would you be willing to zoom and, you know, talk to them about, you know, your experience. And it's always dope. It's always great. And, you know, they're always like, Oh my God, I talked to Merce, you know what I'm saying? Like, so that's, that's really cool. Are there ever times when you look at the industry and how hip hop has changed over time that, because I have a theory on it. I think some of these elitist white people have made the industry and have gotten control of these record labels where they want the hip hop music dumbed down, which is why we don't get groups like Dead Prez anymore and albums like Fear of a Black Planet, Capital Punishment by Pun, because these were real life issues that these artists were talking about and speaking out against the government. Do you ever think that there's some control oh, yeah. going on behind the scenes? I mean, we I mean, we saw them attempt it with this AI rapper that did his hat last week. Did you see that? No, I didn't. You didn't yeah, so so some dude, some white kid, he he created like a, a artificial intelligence rapper. Mm -hmm. And his his name is uh FN FKN or FN Mecca or Smeaker or some some weird name. Just look up artificial article uh, artificial intelligence rapper. But Capitol Records signed him and he had and 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 it's he's a white character, you know, green hair. You know, but he's like rapping, kind of sounded like six nine a little bit, a little bit uh like oh uh, like six nine mixed with what's the kid from um Gucci uh Gucci Gang? What's his name? Oh, Lil Pump. Yeah, kind of like a Lil Pump style, but saying nigga and all this wild stuff. But it's a white, but it's a white artificial intelligence rapper, and he was created by a white guy. And um Capitol Records had signed him. You know what I'm saying? This is the future of of hip hop music. And it's like that right there is what you said. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the ultimate control because instead of just having, instead of, you know, having a real person talk about their experiences, they could just say, okay, you know what? Let's just create our own. And then we can have them say what we want them to say. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, it was, but apparently there was so much backlash. They just dropped them like a day ago. <laughs> <laughs> And rightfully so, there should have yeah, been backlash. It, that was wild. Like just the 
the thought of that is crazy. I'm curious to, to know your thoughts because my perception may be a little different, but Eminem's been getting a lot of hate over the years, especially now with the game's recent diss of the Black Slim Shady. How come you think that there are rappers critical of Eminem? And, and we know because he's, he's a white rapper, and, and white people are always going to be a guest in hip-hop. That's 100%. Yeah. But why, why are your thoughts on Eminem, who's, who's always given back to hip-hop, has kind of been receiving criticism in the past years and not taken seriously, and people just want to go at him? Yeah, I mean, just because I think, I think he's... Like he he's at that spot where, you know, he it's hard to reach. You know what I'm saying? Like sales. You know what I mean? Like the biggest consumer of rap music is white people already, right? So imagine a a white rapper, not just a white rapper, but a good good one, and not just a white one who's good, but a white one who can talk to you about being white. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, oh my God. Like that's you know what I'm saying? So I think I think there's that. And then I also think that, you know, um he still he's he kind of still lives in the shadow of who he was, you know what I mean? You know, and um I mean obviously he don't rap the same no more, you know what I mean? But I think that he's still like because people feel like at any time he could still be Eminem if he wants to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> um I think there's that too. And plus, you know, no, for black people, I had this conversation with my homies a while back and they was like, who's the, 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 the most, and they kept saying the most influential rapper. And so I was like, you know, Pac is number one, but I said, you know, if Eminem mate, you know, he, he's definitely in top five. If we're saying influential rappers, I'm not saying I like him or I think he's the best ever. I'm just saying he's, I can, I like you, any white kid you meet who raps and he's of a certain age, he's going to say, when I heard lose yourself, it changed my life. You know what I'm saying? Now lose, it didn't do nothing to me for me when I heard it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, you know, but that think about all the kids who started battling when they seen eight mile, you know what I mean? Like that's influence. But their argument was like, you know, as black people, they don't, they don't, they don't relate to it. So he's not even, he's not even in the conversation. You know what I'm saying? Like rap, when you think about a rap conversation, it got to be somebody black. You know, we're not listening to Eminem in the club. We're not listening to Eminem in the places where where hip hop is, you know, prevalent. You know what I mean? Um, the places where hip hop is, is being lived out, you know. Um, and so, you know, I think that's part of it, too. Yeah. No, I definitely want your opinion on that, especially someone being so rooted in, in hip hop culture and giving back especially when you teach your own course because yeah. not too many people speak on it but i think man you know i definitely feel like you know he one of the best rappers to do it you know what i'm saying like he can spit you know just that's somebody who put, puts words together you know what i'm saying i think he's he's really good at it you know i can't feel that but i mean he did he hasn't influenced me at all you know what i'm saying yeah. <laughs> No, no. It, your your main influences come from Pac and especially the first track that you memorized, which was the yeah. Ghetto Boys Mind Playing Tricks on. Man, how'd you know that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man. Yeah. Uh have you had the chance to run in the Scarface throughout your time in the industry? Yeah. Um two times just on just on, just him coming to Oklahoma City. Um, yeah, two times, you know, uh, him coming to Oklahoma City. Um uh, I had a homie who was working on working on getting me a verse from Scarface, but um, at the time I, I didn't, I never got the, the music, you know, done in time to get it. 
And then he had got sick, I think, right after that. With COVID and everything. And yeah. he's, he's got his, yeah, I've heard about his own health issues, unfortunately. And hopefully you get that verse. That would be legendary yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah, no Even doubt. Willie D. Yeah, even Willie D. Like, you know, um, I remember that album. We had can't on be stopped. Yeah, we had it on cassette, you know. I used to love Willie D's voice. And I love Scarface's lyrics. And I loved... Uh, just how crazy Bushwick was. I was like, man, Bushwick a maniac. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I love that. You know what I mean? Chuckwick. Yeah, Chuckwick. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck. <laughs> I remember hearing about the story of you being in the mall when you were getting your hair cut and you were unfortunately arrested. But yeah. The police confronted you because you were wearing a hoodie and a support. Supposedly you were recording something, but that's what I read online. And then you were thrown in jail and that would it went went on to influence you to go right Juneteenth. Yeah. You know, um so that was a crazy time because it was like right after the, the Trayvon Martin stuff. And so they was acting funny about hoodies, you know what I'm saying? And I I'm I'm in the mall I'm thinking, man, like I'm an adult. You're not gonna tell me what I can wear, fam. And so I was I just so I then I'm trying to they're telling me to leave. I'm thinking, well I'm not arguing to stay in the mall. You know what I mean? <laughs> And so I was leaving, and as I got to the door, with which they followed me down there, they followed. I got to the door, and uh, they had the police waiting right there, and he took me to jail. You know what I'm saying? And you know, I had lived my whole life without going to jail. You know what I'm saying? After living my whole life thinking I would go to jail, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, so yeah, that you know, um, that's a, I you know, that's I can't even explain, you know like what that does to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, um, just as somebody who, who wasn't doing nothing, you know what I mean? And being taught, I remember, you know, cause I used to work in that mall and they would, uh, I knew where, where if somebody got caught stealing, I knew where they would go and stuff like where they would take them and stuff. So, um, so I didn't want to be walked through the mall with handcuffs on so people could see me. Dang, like Jay, and they just, everybody just saw me arguing with the police. People was walking, up going me out the police security walking up going you good jb you good i'm like yeah so i didn't want to have that happen and then and then them see me walking handcuffed you know what i'm saying so i was like i was like listen man can we go around go outside and go around so i don't have to you know walk through the mall in handcuffs and then and that fool was like nah this what y'all like y'all like y'all like looking like this and i was like who is y'all like looking like what fam you know what i'm saying but he was trying to say you know i, I would think that's cool you know what i'm saying but um but yeah, it's, you know, I don't know, man, like that, that's just one of those things where it's like, you know, um, you got to decide, is this a good fight to fight or not? You know what I mean? And, um, and afterwards, you know, everybody was like, you know, uh, you know, you got to do this. You should go do this. I was like, man, I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to go to court for it because um, just before that, I want to say a few months before that. I had um, I had an issue at a TV station where they had kicked me off because I was black. You know what I'm saying? Like literally, you know what I'm saying? Like they had they asked they had they booked me to come perform. Oh, was this KSBI in Oklahoma? Yeah, yeah I heard yeah. about this with the Emmy, but this was right around the Emmy win. The first one, yeah. And so they booked me to come perform. I show up with my people, and the dude comes out. He's like, "Oh, I can't have you perform." And I was like, "Why?" It was like, you know, I didn't know you were a rap act. And I'm like, fam, how you booked me for two months and you didn't know I was rapping? You know what I'm saying? 
And so my the the my my uh my homegirl who does my my PR and stuff, she was like, well, let's just do the interview then and talk about the Emmy. He was like, nah, because if I have him on my show, I could get in trouble. And I was like, what you mean? Like, and so I just asked him, I said, is you say I, I can't be on your show because I'm black then? And he was like, um, you know, if that's how you take it, then yeah. And so, you know, I ended up, you know, blowing that up, you know what I'm saying? And like just you know, kind of going in and have people going in for me. And and I'm getting, you know, all this hate mail. Like, why don't you just go to BT? I got your own station. And, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I did something wrong. You know what I mean? And so when it came around to the, to the, um, the mall situation, it wasn't six months hadn't even passed. And I don't know if you ever had that much, that kind of attention on you so much, you know what I'm saying? Or you just want to like lay low, want it to be over. I had just got to that point to where it was over and then the mall thing happened. So I didn't want to be like, bam, like here I go again. You know what I'm saying? So I decided just to let it go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's just unfortunate. But and then had to it, put it's that, insane. But it inspired me to do, do, do some more music on it. You know what I mean? You got to carry it on from there and just put the pain in the music. And it, it's unfortunate. Yeah. And trust me, I've seen some racist things go down and it, it, it just shocks me when you come across racist white people yeah. and just how blatant they are about it. I'll never understand it. It's, and it just, I don't know if you have to judge someone by the color of their skin and that's all you think about all day, you got some serious problems. You know, the thing is, is one thing I learned too, is that, you know, they hate being called racist too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's because how they're raised i, I think that and then i, I did it's just unbelievable i just I, it drives me it, crazy you know people and that we're so i the i the definition and idea of what racism really is is so um it's so diluted now you know what i'm saying that people don't really understand it like you'll tell somebody that that's right. You act, you right. You racist fam. And, and they'll think, no, I never owned a slave. How can I be racist? You know what I'm saying? They think like it's impossible. The only thing that makes you racist is, is if you, you know, you own a slave. And that's only because the, we were taught, we've been, we've been taught the wrong thing about racism. You know what I'm saying? You know, um, but, but, um, you know, like I had, I had um, an issue with this white rapper. His name was um, Adam Calhoun. Mm -hmm. And we got into it and all his people came at me, came at me, came at me. And, um, and you know, they was calling me the N word. And so, and so when I, whenever I'm addressing them, calling me an N word, guess what they said? I was racist because I didn't want to be called the N word. I'm racist. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's so backwards, bro. I can't even understand it. You have a ton of MAGA rappers taking over. When you look at the iTunes charts, because I'm oh, always be number one. The, the, there's number one. Where are they coming from? And I, I can't believe they're one. selling that much. He, and he's one. He's one of the top ones. He would. He always number one when he come out. But yeah, he like he came to Oklahoma City for a show, and and somebody had somebody had sent it to me like, yo, this dude's coming. I don't think he should be here, and um. And so it was started like kind of buzzing on on the local social media. And so uh, the news called me for an interview. I do an interview saying, yeah, like, I'm not cool with that. You know what I'm saying? And then the venue gets scared and shuts it down and cancels his show. Right. So then he saw me on the news saying I didn't like it. 
thinking I'm the one who got to show cancer and shut down. So he just came at me, tagged me on, on, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Snapchat. I woke up the next day, like my whole, my social media was lit up like people going in on me. Man. Uh, it, there's some real things going out here, especially in, in the hip hop industry where we have some of these MAGA rappers out here, but yeah. it, it's, it's crazy. But I wanted to get into the, in 2011, the lockout season, because KD invited you out to an all-star charity game to perform at the halftime show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was whenever they first came to, and I will say this about KD and, and Russ and even back when we had uh, Harden too, man, they was really in the community like that. You know what I'm saying? They had their pulse on what was cool and what was popping. You know what I mean? And so, um, you know, I was one of the rappers who was just, you know, popping at the time, you know, and here, and, you know, he was like, yeah, come perform at the halftime show. And then Russell Westbrook, he, he started doing these comedy shows and would have me host, have me perform and all that at the comedy shows too. So yeah, they showed, they showed mad love. Mm-hmm. Out of all the sports, why do you think basketball is the most forward progress going as far as sports in the major leagues and, and professionally? Because when you look at football, it's a mess. They're trying. I, I think I they're think, trying to some extent, but Kaepernick Kaepernick ruined the NFL with that. When, yeah. when they got rid of him, that ruined the NFL's image forever. Yeah. Um, I I just I think, you know, if you look at if you look at the the cities where football is the biggest and the most popular, you know what I'm saying? Uh, like all these, you know, college football um, teams, college football towns, you know, compared to the big, the the cities where basketball is the biggest, you know what I'm saying? Like look at Golden State, L.A., um, you know, New York, uh, Atlanta, you know, all these cities are, you know, um, cities where, you know, that's not like, you know, back home country people, you know what I mean? But even here, like the Thunder still compete with college football, you know what I'm saying? Which is wow, right? Yeah. <laughs> but we're so like, that's like, that's our thing, you know what I mean? Like that's Texas, that's their thing, you know, Alabama, but all these, all these places are like that, are like those red states with that red culture, you know what I'm saying? And, um, and football, you know, you got the it's a it's a it's a um it's a sport that can champion the white quarterback, you know what I'm saying, and and things like that. But you know, uh basketball, you know what I'm saying, like you can't help, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, this the the, the white boys that are good and even from the United States, you know what I'm saying? No. <laughs> I mean, Porzingis and Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, what's homie in Dallas? Name the other one in Dallas. Uh, boy, golly, crazy, right? Yeah, you know, all of them got names you can't even pronounce. You know, what I'm <laughs> Jokic, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it, it's true, but, but that's that's the reason why, right there. And, and yeah. just other things you expanded to, you actually are a co owner and part of a venue, legendary yeah. venue, yeah, the Tower Theater. Um, you know, it, it reopened in 2015 and I got to do the first show and, um, yeah, man, it's, it's a, it's a dope spot. Um, and we've had everybody from Talib to, um, from, from Talib to Bone Thugs to Rakim, you know, to, uh, we just had PJ Morton last night, you know, um, 
to red dirt bands to all kind of stuff you know what i mean and this it's it's dope because it's a it's a, like a thousand cat room so you know even somebody with a good local following can make it look good in there you know what i'm saying whenever we whenever you know we're probably just used to playing like small you know dive bar joints you know what i mean the arts commission of oklahoma city you're a part of you have your own radio show as well yeah um i got i got a point to be on the arts commission by the mayor i think in 2015 um the last mayor and then i got reappointed by this mayor this year so yeah and what that what that does is like you know i get to to help you know make sure that a lot of dope street art is still you know put up in the city you know what i'm saying and i get to help approve that stuff absolutely jb i think we've covered everything here yeah, and you more know, you, you know everything bro that's crazy <laughs> Yeah, man, I made sure to do my research for all my guests. You know, thank you for everything that you do for hip hop and, you know, just keeping it real and just what you're doing for the communities. It's great. Just keep keep up with the great work and your true inspiration. I'm sure there's plenty of others watching what you're doing out there and people have recognized it from all industries. And when you even look at sports, KD and all these guys and in, in basketball. So you're having a thank real major so impact out here, man. Thank you so much, my brother. I appreciate it. Of course. Is there anything else you want to let the audience know besides you have I upcoming on the way yeah, I, on all platforms? I comes out October 14th. Um, Am is out right now. And man, just, you know, thank you so much for listening. And um, yeah, that's it, man. I appreciate you for just even caring to, you know, do an interview with me. You know, you don't have to do that. And I really appreciate it, brother. Oh, no problem, man. The open and honesty, because there's certain topics on here that I wanted to bring about because I, I don't get to do interviews like this often because you do activism work. So it's it's important to get that out there. And I know a lot yeah. of it is touchy subjects, but it's important for me to make sure it gets covered. No doubt. Thank you for covering it, brother. Of course. And let them know where they can follow you on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, Instagram is at my name is JB and JB is J-A-B-E-E. And Twitter's the same, at my name is JB. That's right. Give him a follow. Go support Am. I is on the way. JB, I want you to take care. Yeah. Stay safe. Enjoy the rest of your night, all right? You too, my brother. Peace. Okay. Peace.